Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Uh, Luke chapter 15, this is Jesus sharing a story or a parable about a, a prodigal son or a lost son. And maybe if you've been around church for any amount of time, you've heard this story before. And uh, some of us have heard it hundreds of times. And I just want to unpack it a little bit when it comes to fatherhood and this story. And picking it up in verse 11, it says this. Jesus continued, there is a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, and he set off for a distant country where there he squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to, feel, to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Here, here's a young son who gets an inheritance. He goes to Las Vegas. He spends all his money in casinos, and now he's starving. In verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and I'll go back to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. So he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. The son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Come on, that's good news right there. Every single time somebody raises their hand in, in, to make a decision to follow Jesus, how many know we're going to throw a party in here? Come on, there's a party all over. How come you guys are so loud and you guys are so hyper and you guys all scream and shout? You know what? If there's a party in heaven, we're going to have a party in here. If there's a party in the Bible, we're going to have a party in church. Can we read a little bit more? A few more verses. It said, meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother's come, he replied, and your father's killed a fatted calf because he has come back safe and sound. The older brother became angry. And refused to go in. So the father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered to his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and, you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you killed a fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now is found. How good is that story, that parable right there? Out of that story, I want to share with you a quick, quick message uh, this morning. Continuing with last week, I have a father. Maybe part two you can write down or you can write down, we have a father or Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them and you are. If you, anybody, anybody remember that song? If we grew up in church, just pray for us. But we have a father. And I want to talk about that this morning for the next few minutes. And then let's worship together. Amen. 
Come on, if you're here for the first time, we're glad that you're in the house. And I pray that today your eyes will be open to see there's a God who loves you. And even if you don't believe in God, what we say around here, it's okay. You don't have to believe to belong. You belong in this place. And we believe that God loves you, whether you believe in him or not. We're just glad that you're in the house this morning. Amen. Welcome to all the people listening on Life FM, all the people in Overflow, all the people in the auditorium. We believe that God has a plan this morning. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you are here this morning. Holy Spirit, we pray that you have your way in this place. Speak to every heart, to every life. Open up every eye. God, we pray that your spirit may be free to move here in this auditorium in the overflow. Anybody listening online or on the radio, thank you for what you're doing across our city, across our community. Thank you, God, for this Kendall campus. Thank you for our city campus over there in Wynwood. And thank you for what you're doing in this house as a church, as a community, and all the connect groups, God. We thank you. You are good. You are faithful. Have your way in this place in Jesus name all God's people say oh come on all God's people say can you give Jesus one more shout of praise come on overflow in the auditorium yesterday yesterday morning um me and Diana were, were hanging out at the house and uh, I got up and uh, we just got up but we were hanging out at the house doing some uh just uh chores around the house and whatnot and um uh, I think I went downstairs, and a little bit, a little, like a minute or two later, Diana comes downstairs, and she says, babe, have you, have you seen the remote control of our TV upstairs in the bedroom? And, uh, you know, I was, I was going over the message. I was praying. I'm more spiritual. And uh, I was like, babe, I'm not concerned with rolly things and fleshly things. And uh, <laughs> she had been looking for the remote control. Anyway, have you ever lost a remote control? Isn't it the worst thing ever? I mean, you can't find it nowhere. And she's like, I've been looking for a long time all over the room. I've been searching all over the place, and I can't find the remote control nowhere. Last night, we went to sleep with the TV on, and this morning, I don't find the remote control. And I was like, uh, I, I wouldn't know last night, because last night I was praying, fasting, seeking God. I wasn't watching TV. And, um, you know, she's more of this world than looking at TV. And uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love my wife. I love my wife. <laughs> and... Uh, so I said, okay, I'm going to go upstairs, and I'm going to help you look for, for the remote control. And so I, we went upstairs, and we started looking everywhere. You know where, where you feel like you've looked everywhere, and you still can't find it? Have you ever lost your keys, for example, or your wallet? That's the worst thing ever. And so I help her look all over the room, and it's nowhere to be found. And this is weird. It's just like, okay, where else can we look? I mean, we searched everywhere and I'm like look listen God is calling me out to continue to seek his face uh you continue to look for the remote and uh so I went downstairs and just I, I gave up a little while later her mom comes upstairs and starts helping us look for the remote control and it's nowhere to be found and probably later on in the afternoon it was closer maybe to like already like three four o'clock in the afternoon uh we finally moved one piece of furniture and it was right under the furniture how many know that when you find what was lost you see, there's just like this relief that comes over you Alex you were celebrating remote control oh my god I can't believe you don't judge me I'll judge you right back and yes we wanted to watch TV and, and we were just celebrating how many know how good is it to find something that you've lost how much more a person that is lost how much more when someone has gone missing how much more when someone is off at a distance can I tell you church that in this world in this city in this society there are people that are lost there are people that are broken there are people that don't know their way home there are people who are trying to find some kind of peace and as a church it is our job to acknowledge to know to understand to go out search and rescue for the lost the broken the hungry the ones who are ostracized the ones who have no idea where they're going and as a church we are always going to shine a light and make sure they find their way home 
there is nothing like finding someone who is lost. There is nothing like rescuing, recovering that which you once thought was lost. I'm telling you, you will throw a party when you recover it back. In Luke chapter 15, this is what Jesus is sharing around a parable, around a story. This is what is going on. In fact, Jesus is moving along with a crowd. And in the crowd, he has tax collectors and sinners. And there's also Pharisees and teachers of the law. People who thought they were above everybody else. People who thought they had it all together. And they're following Jesus, not because they want to hear Jesus, but because they want to criticize Jesus. I mean, no, sometimes people will follow you and they'll try to look at your every move, not because they like you, but because they want to criticize what you're going to do. And Jesus knew this. Jesus was aware of this. And so Jesus is moving and all of a sudden he sits down and he's having a lunch. He's at Chipotle with tax collectors and sinners. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees cannot believe it. And they all start to think amongst themselves, what is Jesus doing with these kind of people? You have to understand these were considered bad people at this time. People that you didn't want to associate yourself with. People that you want to keep, to keep a distance with. You didn't want to hang out with these kind of people. Tax collectors were more known as people who stole, people who were robbers, and they would steal money from the Jewish community. And, and so tax collectors, you didn't want to be around them. Sinners, when it says sinners, uh, more importantly, is really prostitutes that are hanging around the area. And it's also bad people, people who were thieves, people who committed bad crimes, and they were all hanging around Jesus. Another gospel says that one time Jesus was with people who drank too much, and they were drunk people and people who ate too much and they were gluttonous people and they say Jesus he must be a drunk and he must be a glutton because this is who, be, who Jesus associated himself with this is who Jesus sat down and broke bread with how could Jesus do this well it's because Jesus came for those that were sick not for those that were healthy Jesus came for the broken not for those that were already whole Jesus came for the lost not the people that had already found their way home and I love what Jesus is doing here. And as they're doing this, they start to talk amongst each other, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And they say, who is this? I can't believe this. He receives sinners and tax collectors. Oh, my God. How, how dare he associate himself with these people? How can he hang around with these type of people? They are tax collectors. They are sinners. They are bad people. Bad people. Jesus, if you are the son of God, you can't be seen with these type of people. Receives. You know the word receives in the Greek is actually to search out, to rescue, to look for, and to welcome sinners and tax collectors. The word in the Greek, one of the first imperative words is actually to search for lost and broken people. What I love about Jesus, a lot of times we see Jesus in a picture, what people think Jesus looks like. And how many know he looks really calm and he has blonde hair, blue eyes. I don't know where they got that from. And, and he looks really calm and he has like a peace sign up, but they're stuck together. And uh, he looks really calm and he's just smiling, but it's like a half smile. And he's like. So like, wait a minute, I don't know who's Jesus with that because my Jesus, I know he was calm at times and there's this piece about Jesus, but, but he came to look for the lost and he came to look for the broken and he was searching in every corner of society and he was walking around prostitutes and yes, he was walking around gamblers and yes, he was walking around people that committed adultery and yes, he was walking around sinners and yes, he was walking around tax collectors because he was searching for the lost and the broken while the religious people, while the people who were in the synagogue, in the church said, no, we can't associate... Jesus wasn't passive. Jesus was aggressive in looking for people that were lost, broken, that didn't have it all together. 
Can I tell you this morning, church, as a church, we're not going to be passive. We're not going to sit back and let the devil take over our city. We are going to stand up. We're going to go into every block, into every neighborhood. Let the broken come home. Let the lost be found. Let the dead come alive. At Calvary, we are searching rescue mission. Can I get an amen? He receives sinners and tax collectors. My God, how can this happen? Because he came to rescue those who were sick and those who were broken. You know what happens nowadays? All the healthy, we gather together, and churches have become a social club of healthy people where the sick can't come in. No, this isn't a social club. This is a hospital for the broken, for the lost, for the hurting, for the disenfranchised to pick up their head to know that there is a God for them. So how can you be hanging around these type of people? Because this is what God came to look for. And what happens is oftentimes, like the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, we look at ourselves. And this is all we're focused on is as long as I have it all together. Remember, we talked about this last week. As long as all 613 laws I'm complying with. As long as I'm coming to church and I look good in church and I want to make sure everybody knows I'm in church and I got my eyes on me. And today, I hope the message is for me. I hope it helps me because I need some help. And I hope he gives me something good because I'm tired of this baby stuff. Give me something deep. Give me something theological. I'm a scholar. Can you help me out? This is all about me. And when next to you, there's people dying. So as a church, the first thing we have to realize is the less we look at ourselves, the more we can focus on others. The less we look at ourselves, the more we can focus on others. I'm telling you, every single time we gather together, we're always going to go through the Bible and we're going to grow together and we're going to learn together. But let us never forget the lost and the broken. Let us never forget those that are ostracized, those that are disenfranchised. I love that yesterday we went to a nursing home. I love that yesterday we went to feed the homeless. That's what we're going to do as a community. We're not just going to be all center focused on ourselves. We can't be selfish people. We got to be selfless people. And as a church, as people that belong here to Calvary, what we want is people here that are not focused on themselves. I'm telling you, if you've been around church for any amount of time, it happens all the time. People come into church and say, what, what, what do you have for me today? Uh, somebody took my seat today. That's my seat. Uh, what are you, a season ticket holder? I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> right? Right? It happens all the time. Today, no greeter opened the door for me. I was coming in. I thought an angel came with a message and told you that I was coming in. Somebody should open the door for me. Nobody was waiting for me at the parking lot with a welcome home sign. I can't believe that. Today, well, maybe you should pick up a sign and go out there and welcome somebody in. And so what we, what we have around church is a bunch of people that are looking only at themselves. And say, oh, it's all about me. And I want to walk around better. And so our, our churches all over the globe, sometimes if we're not careful, can become really like an elite club. Oh, oh you, you got to be perfect to go into there. Oh, you got to be great to be into there. I love that Jesus received everyone. He says, I'm here to hang out with those that are broken, with those that are lost, with those that are confused, with those that nobody wants to hang around with. And he starts to share this story. In fact, he shared three stories. And maybe we'll make a series out of all three and we'll share the other two. But he talks about a lost sheep. Then he talks about a lost coin. And now he's talking about a lost, a lost son. And in the lost son, he talks about a son who went up to his father. Remember, he's talking, we've got to put this in context. He's talking to a Jewish crowd. And he's telling them the story of a son, a young son, who goes up to his father, a, a, a Jewish father, and he asks for his inheritance ahead of time. The father, if he, had, if he was wealthy and he had a lot of goods, when the father would pass away, he said, okay, my son gets this, the other son gets that, and he would share his inheritance. Well, here the son is going up to his father, and he's asking for his inheritance. Now, a lot of times we can read this, and we say, okay, I've heard this before. Yeah, it's a young son, goes up to his dad, asking for some money, he goes to a casino, he spends it all, then he comes home, he hugs his dad, and have a good time. 
It's deeper than that. It's actually a heavy story. It's actually to the Jewish crowd hearing this, it's a shock. They're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. How dare this son insult the father? Remember, this is Jewish crowd, Jewish custom. This is a young son that goes up to his father, and he's saying, I want my inheritance right now. You could only get your inheritance if your dad passed away. And he's asking for his inheritance before his dad dies. So in other words, when Jewish people hear this, what they're saying is, wait a minute. He's basically saying to his father, I wish you were dead now. I wish you were dead now. I wish you can just give me my money. I don't need you, father. The, 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 at the end of the day, the bottom, the bottom core, core sin of the son is that he's selfish. And he's only looking at himself. What we were talking about right now, he's selfish. He says, give me my inheritance now. And then it says he moves to a distant country, far away from his father. At, at the end of the day, you know what the story, what really what the essence is here? It's sin. It's sin. You know what we do when we sin? We are rejecting the father and we move away from the father. When you and I sin, when we do something wrong, what we're saying is, God, I don't need you to tell me what to do. I don't need you to be the captain of my life. I don't need you to be the leader of my life. I don't need you to give me any guidance. I know what I'm doing. My smarts are better than your smarts. My wisdom is better than your wisdom. My intelligence is better than yours. Give me what you want to give me, and I'm going to move away far from you, and I'm going to make my own choices. I'll do what I want to do, sleep around with whoever I want to sleep with, marry whoever I want to sleep with. I'm going to make my own choices. Sin is rejecting the Father and then indulging however you want. We all do this. Come on, we all do this. We all reject God at one point or another, and then we go off far from God. You know why people don't, sometimes don't come on the weekends? Because they feel bad. And it's like, I feel far from God, so I'm not going to come. We talked about this last week. So the son went away. You know what sin is? Sin is rejecting the father, and then it says that he wasted his inheritance. You know what we do? We waste what God has given us. We waste our time, we waste our talents, and we waste our treasure. In fact, you know what the prodigal son did? It, it basically, what he did is that he wasted his money on whatever he wanted. The inheritance was money. The father gives him some money, and he wasted on whatever he wanted. I wonder how some of us treat what God has given us in our hands. I wonder if we live to please the father and say, God, this is what you've given me. This is the blessing that you put in my hand. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to serve you. Or do we do whatever we want to do? And one of the biggest traps of the enemy is for money to become our God. So we do whatever we want to do with our money. It is my money. I got my money on my mind and my mind on my money. <laughs> I do whatever I want. It's my money. And here the son is like, I'm rejecting the father. And I'm going to do whatever I want. You know the money that we have in our hands is not our money. It's actually God's money. Why, why do we have a giving time every single weekend? Why do we tithe? Tithe is 10% of everything God has given us throughout the week. We have a tithe because it honors God and it's saying, God, I trust you and I thank you for what you've given me. It's not that we have to. It's that we get to do this. Say, God, thank you. One preacher said this. One preacher said, it is not our money. We just simply get to touch it as it goes through us. As a church, let us always be this type of people. We never reject the Father. We're not selfish. We're not thinking about ourselves, but we're thinking about other people. God, this money that you've entrusted me with, how, how can I bless somebody with it? Uh, a couple days ago, a quarterback in the NFL got uh, signed brand new to a brand new contract on team, and it was one of the highest contracts in the NFL. I'm talking about multi, multi millions of dollars to the quarterback. And he was in an interview on Friday, and they asked him, hey, what are you going to do now with all this money? I mean, that's a whole lot of money. What, what are you going to do with it? And he said, well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to tithe as I've done my whole life. And 10% is going to go to my local church where I support. And he says, second of all, 
Second of all, I think the money's in the right hands because what I'm going to do with this money, I'm going to bless a whole lot of people. I'm going to bless a lot of people in my city. I'm going to bless a lot of people in my country, and it's going to go around the world because I'm here to help people with what God has given me. Come on. Let us be always a church that doesn't have our eyes on ourselves. But God, I don't want to be a selfish son, but I want to be, uh, come on, a generous son that always blesses others. And here the son has rejected the father, and he's thinking about himself, and he goes, and he spends all this money on whatever he wanted to do. Whatever he wanted to do, spend all his money. After he spends all of his money, he says, my God, look, look where I'm at now. I'm broke. I'm broke. There's a famine in the land, and I have no money. I have no food. He's starting to go hungry. Can I tell you, there's so, we, can, we can relate to all characters in this story. Maybe right now we're looking at the first son and we're like, man, I've been like that first son. I think we all have. We've all been selfish with our time, with our talents, with our treasure. We've all rejected God and we've gone far from God. And we're like, man, I, I, we're so much like that, like that son. And we can say, man, I, I, I've been just like that. How many people around us in our city are just like that? They've rejected the son. They're far away from God. But now they find themselves lost, broken, hungry. In whatever position it is, maybe it's something they went through. And can I tell you, church, let us not be the church that just focuses on us and us alone. But let us have eyes open throughout this whole city and say, God, who do you want me to lend a helping hand to? God, who can I help up? Who's walking around with their head down? Maybe I'm walking past a miracle week in and week out, and I'm so focused on myself that I'm missing out on the story that you want to help me with. If I were just to reach my hand, help somebody up on their feet, pick up their hands so that they can see you, not for my glory, but for your glory. God, help me not to be selfish. The son says, man, I've messed up. I, I got to go back to my father's house. I got to run back to dad. And he said, man, I remember one of the servants has it better than me. In fact, he goes, in my father's house, there's more than enough, one translation says. How many know that we serve the God of more than enough? Come on, maybe today you walked in hurting. Maybe today you walked in broken. Maybe today you walked in lost. Can I tell you, there is more joy for you. There's more peace for you. There's more grace for you. In God's house, there is always more than enough. Alex, but I'm lost. There's more grace. Alex, but I'm confused. There is more peace. Alex, but I don't have hope. There is more joy in the house of God. You're in the right place at the right time this Sunday morning. Because in the house of God, there's always more. Alex, I'm out. I can't do anything. I have no hope. There's hope for you this morning. We serve a good father. He remembers his father's house. He goes to his father's house. He's prepared a speech. Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. And I'm getting ready to tell my dad something. Got this speech prepared for dad. As he's walking, he says, if I can only be an employee in dad's house. And as he's getting close, the Bible says that the father from a distance sees his son coming home. And he runs to the son. And remember, let's put it in context. He's talking to a Jewish community. A Jewish older man would not run. In fact, to run, he would probably have to pick up his robe and tie it around his waist so that he can run. And that was a dishonorable thing to do. You didn't do that as an older, educated man. But here, he doesn't care about his reputation. He says, wait a minute, wait, that's my son. The son was hanging around with pigs. Remember, Jewish custom, they wouldn't deal with pigs. He probably smelled like a pig. He smelled broken. He smelled lost. He did not let that become a barrier, but he embraced it all the more. Come on, church. As a church, number two, the more we surrender our reputation, the more we can embrace the broken. How many times do we come into church and we care more about what's on the outside than what God wants to do on the inside? Some of us, we walk in here with, oh, I got to put on my mask on Sunday morning. Some of us were crying last night, and we walk in here with a smile, thinking that nobody can see it. And saying, if I just get the outside figured out, then I'll be okay on the inside. 
And I just want to make sure I raise my hands in worship and people see me and I got it all together and I got the whole package complete. I'm all right. And let us always be this clean church. And let us never get into trouble. Let us never associate ourselves with these people. These people can't belong in church. And God forbid somebody gets put a picture with me hanging around with certain persons that got a bad reputation. Wait a minute. When has it ever been about us? If it was not for Jesus, we would be lost and confused and six feet under as well. But it's the grace of God that came down and rescued us, that saved us, that cleaned us up, that put us back on our feet. Who are we to call out people now? Who are we to say they can and they can't? Come on, if it was not for the grace of God, we all are the same. Broken people in need of a Savior. And now we want to say, no, 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 I can't. can't be seen with these people. <laughs> Have you heard? Have you heard what they've done? <laughs> Have you heard what's going on in their marriage? Wait, be careful. You're, gonna go, you're going out to eat lunch with who? Are you serious? Be careful. Eso se pega. So, wait a minute, the only thing that sticks to me is the blood of Jesus and his grace. And all I'm doing, having an open door saying, come, whosoever wants to believe in Jesus, he's the only door. Come, oh, come the broken, come the lost. Jesus is the only answer. I pray that as a church, we never walk one direction and say, wait a minute, I can't look to my right, I can't look to my left, to our right and to our left. There are people dying in our city. There's people overdosing week in and week out that are dying in need of a Savior. And I wonder how many times... We can be like the older son. The dad comes and he receives the son. The son has this whole speech. And the dad's like, I don't even want to hear your, pe- your speech. I'm going to throw a party. And he throws a party for him. In fact, the parable before says, in heaven the angels rejoice when one sinner comes to repentance. That's why I don't understand people that leave during the, during the altar call. We're here doing an altar call and we're telling people to come into a relationship with Jesus and people are leaving out the back door. I know Chili's is amazing, but if you wait 10 more minutes, it's going to be okay. People are coming from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. It's a reverence moment. It's a life moment. It's an honorable moment. I'm going to rejoice because the lost, they're coming home. Come on, let us always be a praying church that says, God, you're doing something right now. Believe me, you're going to get out of the parking lot on time. The dad throws a party for him. He hires a DJ, throws some speakers up, brings a light system, a fog machine. They're doing the cha-cha, the electric slide. My son has come home. There's a party going on in the house. And the older son comes and he says, excuse me, what is going on in there? So, oh, you didn't, you didn't hear it? Your, your, your brother, your brother came home. Your, my, my brother? It's not my brother. In fact, when he, when he talks to the dad, he says, your son. doesn't even acknowledge him as his brother. He says, my brother? And he's throwing a party for my brother? My brother that squandered and wasted all this money. My, he's been with prostitutes. He's done all this stuff, and he's throwing a party for him. And he goes to the dad. In fact, the dad has to come outside and plead with him. He didn't even want to come inside the party. He says, can you just come in? Where, where your, your, your son, he's home. My son, he's home. Your brother, he's home. Can, can we just celebrate? I'm not going in there. Your son, he says, he's been out and about. Church, can I be honest with you? I pray that, this, I say this with fear of God and with reverence, that we never become like the older son. That we never come into church and we look across the auditorium and say, look who's here. What are they doing here? They don't belong here. You know why we put you belong here outside? Because every single person belongs. That we don't look across our shoulders and say, what are, what are they doing here? Hey, you should see what that person was doing last night. I saw them. Really? That means you were there too. 
that we never become a church that is self-righteous. And I say this with fear of God and with reverence. I'm telling you, it happens often. It happens often where we, we can come across and now we got it all together. And now our shirts are clean. And, and, and what do you mean now we're going to celebrate? You know, as a church, already in 2017, over a thousand people have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior right here in this church. I don't know about you, but every single time one hand goes up, there's been a party in heaven. We're going to throw a party down here as well. Last point, if the band can come up, I'm over time and we got to worship. The more we know the Father, the more we realize we're family, not just acquaintances. We are a family. And we're praying that God continues to add to this family every single day. Let us never look across the aisle and say, I, that's not my brother, that's not my sister. They, they that's not, I don't associate with those type of people. They don't have it all together. Do you, do you know where they come from? Do you know what they've done? Do you know what they are doing? Just because somebody's sin is exposed on the outside doesn't mean you don't have sin on the inside. Let us always be people of compassion. Our level of compassion will reveal our level of revelation of God the Father. There's people that need a father. There's people who have no idea there's a father at home and they feel rejected. They feel out. They feel like they can't come into a place like this. Maybe some of us, we've gotten too used to coming to a place like this week in and week out. But I'm telling you, there's people out there who say, I don't belong there. I can't, I, can't, I can't go into that type of place. Says who? This is for everybody. All can come in. All are welcome. All have doors open. All can come in and say, Jesus, oh, he's my Lord and Savior. And I have a father in heaven. Luke chapter 6. One of the hardest verses Jesus says, he says, be compassionate as your father's compassionate. I wonder how many of us are really compassionate. We look across this place and we say, you know what? Though they look different, though they don't have it all together, guess what? Neither do I. You're my brother and you're my sister. We're a family, church. At Calvary, we, we don't throw this word around loosely. We are family. We are brothers and we are sisters and we all have one father. I pray that today many more will recognize that there is a father in heaven. I love this song, Let There Be Light. I love that bridge that we get to proclaim and declare. And today, this is what I want us to declare. As a church, we're always going to say, this is the place where the broken can come home. And we're always going to declare this and sing this and proclaim this all over our city, all over every block, every alley, every aisle. Can we put up the lyrics really quick? That bridge where it says, if we can put it up really quick. I don't know if we have it, but this is what we're going to declare. Can we put, let there be light, the end part, the bridge part. If we don't have it, it's okay, but if we do, there we go. Yeah, that's the, that's the chorus. That's amazing. But, but can we put it, can we put proclaiming news to the blind and all that? I don't, I'm, 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 good news embracing the poor. Comfort for all those who mourn. For the brokenhearted, we sing louder. Release from prison and shame. Oppression turning to praise. For every captive, we're going to sing louder. Oh, come on, restoring sight to the blind. Breaking the curse of the night. For all in darkness, we will sing louder. Come on, this is what we believe as a church. We're going to let our voice be heard. We're going to let our praise be heard. We're going to go into the darkness. We're going to shine a light. And we're going to say, God, let there be light. Come on, let's sing it out. Come on, with hands lifted. Comfort for all those who mourn.
close every head bowed all across this place if you're in here today and you're saying Alex I don't know Jesus I'm far from Jesus I don't know God as my father I've known God as a judge I've known God as a, a God who's angry at me but I don't know him as a father I feel far I feel distant I know I'm in sin I know I've done wrong I'm in shame and in guilt can I tell you today there's freedom for you today God wants to have a relationship with you he loves you all of us are sinners we've all sinned and we've all failed God but God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son so that whosoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life today you can walk out of here knowing God he is your father he loves you he's not mad at you but he's madly in love with you today the broken can come home today the lost can be found today the dead can come alive don't leave this place without knowing God all over the auditorium all over the overflow with every eye closed every head bowed for privacy and concentration I'm gonna count to three and if at three you're saying I need God I want a relationship with God I need the peace of God I need direction at the count of three I want you to raise your hand I'm not gonna embarrass you I'm not gonna single you out I'm just gonna acknowledge you and then you can put it right back down it's just an outside declaration of what's happening on the inside if that's you raise your hand one two three raise your hand all over this place all over this place as high as you can thank you 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 God bless you God bless you thank you thank you God bless you God bless you God bless you God bless you all over the auto all over the overflow as well online or on the radio you raise your hand come on the lost are being found the broken are coming home come on Jesus is in this place God we thank you for all these hands that are raised anybody else if that's you you raise your hand come on the church is praying this is a, a holy moment that's happening here father we thank you for every hand raised we thank you for what you're doing God I pray that today you would solidify and seal what you're doing in this place all of you who raised your hand i want you to repeat this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart in fact the whole church we're going to say it out loud we're talking to god we're putting our faith and our trust in jesus right now say this out loud god is here and he's about to come into your life and make you a son and a daughter of god say father thank you for today thank you for this opportunity i admit that i'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you Jesus I believe you're the son of God that you died for my sins and on the third day you resurrected be my Lord and be my Savior from today on I will live for you all the days of my life in Jesus name amen and amen come on church we hope today's message has encouraged you don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.